and welcome to today's Oyster Stew podcast. I'm Libby Hall, Director of Communications for Oyster Consulting. At the time we recorded this podcast on May 26th of 2022, compliance for Phase 2E of FINRA's Consolidated Audit Trail was scheduled to take effect on July 11th. The next day, FINRACAT announced a delay to the full compliance date for the Customer Account Information System, or Phase 2E, to a date yet to be announced in the fourth quarter of 2022. It is important for industry members to keep in mind that they will still be required to certify for production system access by July 11th, and they will likely have additional interim reporting requirements before the new deadline. This is a complicated linkage event, and there are things firms should be doing to prepare. In today's podcast, Oyster CEO Buddy Doyle and Oyster's cat expert Ralph McGee talk about the challenges our clients are seeing and things firms should be doing to be ready for this next phase. So let's get started. All right, thanks for joining us, everybody. I'm Buddy Doyle. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Oyster Consulting, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Ralph McGee, one of our consultants who has Boy, Ralph, it seems like you and I have been working together for a very long time, but I think that's because it goes back to more than one company. True story. Yeah, but uh, I'm excited to be doing this with you. And Ralph, you've been sort of leading the charge on CAT uh, since there was such a thing as as the CAT. And uh, maybe you can give our listeners a little bit of a look back at some of the phases that have come in to play just to kind of catch everybody up on where we are on the implementation. Sure. I mean, and and you had mentioned, uh, you know, us working together for a long time. It it seems like also a long time we've been talking about the consolidated audit trail as well, dating back to, you know, early 2008 and 2009, um, when the idea of this uh, came about to replace uh, OATS. And um, certainly there was a lot of industry planning and implementation that went into uh, what will now be the largest uh, financial database uh, ever created in, in the world in existence. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of industry coordination. You had mentioned the phased in implementation of, of the consolidated audit trail that went from phase 2a uh, all the way through phase 2d which concluded in december of uh, of last year Uh, 2a and 2b were pretty much introductory uh, levels of data integrity and ingestion making sure that you had the right fields populated for the required fields that were reported to cat and then it progressed into uh, linkage uh, amongst those events Um, uh, first from a firm perspective, uh, and then from an industry-wide perspective after that with uh, phase 2C. And then we've completed the transaction reporting to CAT reportings uh, in December with uh, phase 2D, uh, and that also brought into account a, a few more products uh, in, in that uh, we included the complex options, multi-leg option events uh, that have been now uh, introduced into CAT reporting. The next implementation uh, to go on tap for CAT is going to be phase 2E. That comes into compliance on July 11th, uh, later this year. That will include the customer and account information perspective that will allow the industry to follow the folks that make decisions on the accounts, the folks that introduce these orders into the audit trail. They'll be able to tick and tie that information all the way back to the customer level 
which is a pretty complicated linkage event from a cap perspective. And so, Ralph, I think it's interesting that, you know, the the SEC has taken the approach to do this in phases, and I, I can't see how you couldn't do this in phases, given how difficult it is to really track the life cycle of an order and execution throughout the marketplace for every product and every circumstance. So it makes a lot of sense, but I think the phased-in approach also has some challenges uh, as it comes to managing through change and implementation processes and testing and updating your procedures. And where are clients that you're working with now as it comes to sort of the maturity of their change cycles and, and how far along are they with good, solid procedures about how they do what they do? So they're in some ways lagging the industry. I think the the approach, the phased implementation approach was, you know, quite frankly, well executed uh, across the board. Uh, and the industry participation was uh, in nothing short of, you know, superb. The interaction between the regulatory body, the plan providers and the industry members, I think was at all time high. But to your point about where are our clients and where do we see folks positioned now is that they're a little bit behind the curve. And I think there's some false sense of security that um, that went along with that planned implementation. And I think it's caught a few firms off guard. I think we'll continue to see some firms that were caught off guard by that. They've been very busy following this implementation, planning for the implementation, staffing for this implementation that sometimes we found that uh, our clients are lagging behind on the actual policies and procedures that they have in place. What does that policy and procedure say that you're doing? Are you really doing what that says within your policy? And following through with that, we've certainly seen some, some firms lag behind the industry in terms of that aspect. And it's a very important one. Are they hearing from their regulators frequently now? I, I... We've been required to do the reporting. Probably most firms have been through at least one exam cycle since they started this. Are there any themes and uh, that you're hearing about issues that the regulators have been finding that we can do share with their listeners to prepare them? Absolutely. We we do have clients that are starting to hear from uh, FINRA's rapid remediation response team. And in most cases, our clients have been uh, decently prepared for, for that type of, uh, more of an informal inquiry, if you will. Our clients have been able to respond very quickly and promptly to those requests. And in doing so, I think we've put themselves, or they've put themselves into a better position with the regulatory body. They've had a decent answer to the questions that, that have been posed to them. We have had a few firms that have come to us recently. Uh, we are seeing an uptick in this information as the transactional CAT reporting is now complete. You can imagine that FINRA is just doing query after query after query to the data uh, that's actually being submitted to CAT. So those are gonna do nothing but increase. I think though the important thing to point out here is though CAT reporting is complete from a transactional level, this is really just started from a regulatory level, right? These queries, these informal inquiries and those types of uh, regulatory scrutiny is only going to increase from here. And when we throw the customer and account information part of that into it, it'll probably just increase that by another couple fold as well. 
So I think firms just need to take the time now to review their policies and procedures to make sure that they're doing what is said there and that those policies and procedures match what is required of them. Regulatory notice, FINRA uh, regulatory notice 20-31 outlines exactly what your policies and procedures at a very minimum level should include. So I think that's a great reference for uh, for clients and those that are listening to this podcast to uh, to to be able to refer to, to to know exactly what's required of them. All right, terrific. So the the great thing about regulators is they tell you what they expect. The bad thing about regulators is they don't really tell you exactly what they expect. They give you broad categories. And you have to dig in and decide what's appropriate for your firm. You're you're right. And I've got a great example of that. Uh, Accuracy, right? Let's talk about cat reporting the accuracy of that data. You know, you can go down and scrutinize a lot of the accuracy of of a firm's cat reporting. And then a lot of times you need a real, you need a tool in order to be able to do that. It's very hard to do that from spreadsheets. But we have seen an increase in the inquiries related to the accuracy of the data fields that are required to be reported to CAT. So an example of that would be uh, department type field. Is that department type field that you've reported on that particular account for that client account true and accurate? Back to your books and records. And those types of uh, those types of queries are, are starting to get deep by the regulatory body, and they're starting to probe into that reporting, into the accuracy of the of the client's reporting, and comparing that back to what the books and records actually say. Yeah, and I think that's really important, and it's important to get it right the first time. But obviously, there's going to be some some issues in in CAT reporting that need to get repaired. Are you seeing any specific types of issues showing up more frequently than others that firms can kind of look at their OMS platforms or other back office platforms and 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 sort out? Or is it really just, hey, some of these things are going to get kicked back, find the most efficient way to do your repairs? It varies. It varies by reporter. Um, self-reporting firms, you know, obviously have a little bit more control of the data. They have more control over how quickly something gets changed. Uh, if they have their own data and IT team that's doing that reporting, they can they can on the fly make some changes a little bit quicker than if you're an introducing broker to a clearing firm that acts as your cat reporting agent. There is a risk, a very apparent risk that firms face that use a cat reporting agent or multiple cat reporting agents for that for that map. You just don't have as much control over that data. And to me, it seems that it's even more important in those cases to thoroughly check and validate the accuracy of that information. Apply a lot more scrutiny to it because you don't have control over it. And it could be something as simple as a coding on an account that's wrong that would lead to a problem. And if you're not doing the, the, the proper queries and, and evidence and in monitoring of those, those types of data fields, that can definitely come back to haunt you. Yeah, I think it comes back to looking at the policies, the procedures FINRA expected you to have and realize if somebody else is doing some of this work on your behalf, you're still responsible. That's right. Uh, you need to have good controls in place to 
to understand what those folks are doing. And if it does get messed up in reporting, ask yourself the likelihood of that other organization stepping up and saying, oh, their fault, fine us, FINRA. It just really doesn't happen. So you've got to be ready for that. And I think the other big thing as I'm thinking about CAT that comes up is that PII data that is now going to start being reported out to FINRA as required by the SEC is going to change the profile of your application with your cybersecurity team, hopefully, because your cybersecurity team is hopefully monitoring what is happening. And certainly with their clients that use Airsoft, where we've had a lot of discussions about getting them ready for the PII side of things and making sure they know how their data is secured through encryption and multi-factor authentication and and IP restrictions and all kinds of things that get done out there. But it's something else that you'll want to take a look at that maybe you didn't do in those first few phases, but realize that your data has changed. This now houses uh, information that by most state laws and and Reg P are, are considered personal information. You now have a, a slightly different level of care that you have to handle it with. Yes, you do. We've got two months to work on that. I highly encourage firms that are doing their own reporting to test out cases as soon as they can. The testing environment is open and the deadline for production readiness is July 1st of this year with a go, go live compliance date of July 11th. Ralph, thank you for that information. I think there's a pretty good chance if you're listening to this podcast uh, we don't pull these things down, so if it's after July 13th and you're listening to it, you're late and Ralph told you so. But I think it's, but I, I do think that it's, it, you have time now. It is, it is not too late to have a really good implementation in July, but you're almost out of time. I mean, really, that day will be here before you know it. If you haven't started getting ready for it, there is no better day to start than today. So I would encourage you to take a look at this. We are not seeing cat enforcement cases popping up left and right yet, but there is a process that, that you know, FINRA tends to go through in these new implementations of asking questions, getting answers, starting to get more formal inquiries, doing examinations. We're seeing all of that happening. You know, there's a, a bit of a, a tail before they kind of go too far. So you should still be in a pretty good spot to get your CAT implementation work done. If you're not real proud of what you've done so far, there's time to fix it. You'll never stop working on, on the CAT for as long as there's a CAT. But there are ways that you can be efficient. There are ways that you can improve your results. And the key is looking at your firm's infrastructure, your firm's tech stack, your firm's personnel, and making sure they're all lined up with good tight procedures to get it done. Ralph, any parting uh, comments? Yes, uh, we're here to help is the message that I'd like to convey to our listeners is we've got a great team here at Oyster that can help them not only with their policies and procedures, but are doing a deep dive into their CAT reporting. 
and even provide a proprietary tool that can help them monitor and evidence their cat reporting uh, going forward. So we've been highly involved in this space, you know, ever since the initiation of phase 2A. And um, we, we utilize our tool each and every day. So we're not only uh, a provider of a tool, but we're users of the tool as well. All right. Well, thank you, Ralph. It was great doing this with you. I really enjoyed it. Uh, hope you did. And uh, looking forward to hopefully helping our clients get through 2A, 2B, 2C, 2D, and upcoming 2E and beyond. Feel good about what we've done so far and keep up the great work, Ralph. Great. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you'd like to learn more about our experts and how Oyster can help you get the best results from your cat reporting, visit our website at oysterllc.com. If you like what you heard today, follow us on whatever platform you listen to and give us a review. Reviews make it easier for people to find us. And of course, please share it with your friends. Have a great day.